you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It is Friday, September the 23rd, and you are in the right place at the right time. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Voice number one belongs to Thomas Antonio Davis Sr. He's a 16-year NFL vet, 199 games in all, most with the Panthers, of course, but he rocked a Chargers uniform and a Washington uniform. He's a Georgia native. He's an Aries, if you're into that. And coming up, he's got a winning game plan for the Dolphins. TD, welcome to the pod. That 199 still breaks my heart. Thank you for having me. (laughs) One short of the number you had hoped for, that's what I gather. Voice number two belongs to MJ Acosta Ruiz. She is the host of NFL Total Access. She's the reigning champion of her fantasy league. She has Miami Dolphins colored pom-poms with her today, and that's a story you need to hear. She also has four game picks that no one else agrees with. She's about to tell us why she is right and you are wrong. MJ, welcome to the pod. Here's hoping, Drew. Here's hoping I'm right. <laughs> a lot of hope involved in game picks this week. Coming up, we've got those game picks for every remaining week three matchup. We have score predictions. We have fantasy advice. A little money ball, too, in the form of Cynthia Freeland's analytics as applied to player projections and points totals. But topic number one is game number one. They're at the five. They're going to lateral it back again. It's going to be recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. And the Browns are winners. They just beat the Steelers. Cleveland Browns entered the third quarter with a 16-14 lead over their division rival Pittsburgh Steelers and stretched it to 29-17 by the end, taking, at least for the time being, the lead in the AFC North. Thomas, MJ, You saw the stat line. Nick Chubb, 23 carries, 113 yards, and a tug. And they give it to Chubb. He vaults, he spins, he lands. Touchdown! Jacoby Brissett, 21 for 31, 220 yards, and two tugs. The shotgun, Brissett back to pass. Lux throws, middle, Cooper caught it. Touchdown! They were balanced. They controlled the clock. They didn't turn the ball over. I'm going to start with you, TD. What impressed you the most about this post-collapse, bounce-back performance from the Brownies? You know, I I just love the balance that this team went out and had. When you look at Nick Chubb, he's been consistent all season long. I think he's had 100 yards in every game that they played in and at least a touchdown. So that's one of the things that I love to see the Browns doing right now. They're establishing their running game, and they're making it known to teams around the NFL. We are a run-first team, and we're going to not – allow our quarterback to get us in a bad situation. But Jacoby Brissett, man, he's filled in very nicely for the absence of Deshaun Watson. Nick Chubb can bet or squat 675 pounds for some reason, and we saw that on the field. I mean, the way he is built is just special. It's different. Yeah, TD, they are a run-first team, and they should be. I like that they got Amari Cooper going a little bit more this game, too, not just for the purposes of my fantasy roster, (laughs) because he got a touchdown. (laughs) But I thought that he would be a bigger part of this Browns offense, more so than we've seen so far. And yes, uh, last night we got to see a little bit more of it. Yeah, they involved him hugely. In fact, I'm remiss not to have put him on that stat sheet, so thank you for the reminder. Guys, I think this is the kind of game that reminds us that in this league where you only play 17 games, 
every game is so important. So when you collapse like you did last week, we think the sky is falling in Cleveland. And mm -hmm. then just a few days later, a performance like this kind of sets right the balance again. TD, you know this as a player. This Browns team feels a lot differently today than they did just five days ago. No question. Like When you go out and you have that kind of collapse in the last two minutes of a football game, you know, a lot of doubt starts to set in your head, as, and particularly on the defensive side of the ball because offensively did what they needed to do. Whenever you score 30-plus points in this league, as a team, you always feel like you're going to win that game. But when you have a collapse like they did, it was, it was refreshing to see them come out as a defensive unit and not allow the same kind of mistakes that they had in that game against the Jets to, um, like, rear their ugly head again. Um, MJ, I know you saw what we all saw, which was a beaming, effusive Jacoby Brissett mm -hmm. in the post-game interview. He's not a temp hire. He looks like he is taking control of this moment and, more to the point, taking control of this team. Jacoby Brissett has been around this league for a minute now. He's not new to this. He, he's, this is not his first time around the block. He knows how to step up exactly when teams need him to do. I think initially at the start of preseason – one of the conversations around Bursette was this is the best backup in the league that perhaps under other circumstances would be a starting QB. And now he gets that chance to show not only can I make the plays, not only can I control the huddle, but I can also be the guy who is out here representing this team. And I love what I saw from him. And I love that for him. We love this for you, Jacoby. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the ball, as may be the pattern over the next few weeks, this game ended with more questions than answers. The main question, who is... And who should be the Steelers' QB? Mitch in the shotgun. Najee gets the call. No, Mitch keeps, gets to the goal line. Touchdown, Pittsburgh! Mitch Trubisky had that rushing touchdown and was solid but not spectacular throwing the ball and just didn't have the magic in his throwing wand that a game like this might have required. Mike Tomlin said this. you consider making any changes, whether it's quarterback play, how many? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in that mindset. Um, I'm interested in reviewing this tape and looking at the totality of it and figuring out how we collectively get better. So the answer to that question is definitively no. TD, what say you? I think that at a certain point, before it gets too late in your season, before your season is lost, if it's not working offensively, you got to make a change. Mm -hmm. And all... Kenny Pickett did in the preseason was show that he was capable of playing in this league yep. at a high level. You know, he was put in pressure situations, end of the half situations where he had to go and take the team on a scoring run, and he finished those drives in the end zone. So now I think with them starting their season out the way that they have, at some point you got to incorporate this kid into the game plan. It doesn't necessarily mean that he needs to be a full-time starter, but you got to start incorporating him and getting him some minutes and see how he handles those in, in live game action. We know preseason is different from regular season. Like, we're not making any bones about that. But at the end of the day, when your season is not going the way that it needs to go offensively, you have to make a change. You have to do something that's going to spark the team. And I feel like for this team, with the weapons that they already have in place, the only thing that they're missing right now is effective play at quarterback position. Yeah, I was pounding the table for Mitch Trubisky when he went over to the Steelers. Everybody loves a comeback story. This is your chance, man. It wasn't great for you in Chicago. You sat behind Josh Allen in, in Buffalo. This is your chance. You're a starter again. Let's go. Let's show it. But what we've seen so far, and especially that night, there were times where he had a clean pocket, had eternity in there to throw the ball, and just threw it away, wasn't reading the field, couldn't find guys. 
other times where he was dinking and dunking and moving the ball down the field. But if we're not seeing that consistently, then what is the point of this? I, I would love for him to take that jump, but how much longer is the margin of error here for him to really do that? It's unfair to expect every starting quarterback in the NFL to have that magic, to mm-hmm. have that fairy dust. And yet, in games like this, it kind of is required to get over the hump on the road in a divisional game. You need a guy who is yep. capable of going out and winning a game for you. Thomas, as a player, how important is it, whether you're on the defensive side of the ball or on that offensive unit, how important is it to trust, believe in your quarterback? It's, it's extremely important because you, if you go into a game as a player with the mindset of knowing that the guy with the ball in his hand on every play is not the guy that's going to get you a win. It forces you as a player to start doing things that are out of your control. Like defensively, we start trying to make plays that aren't there, trying to Mm. really make up for the lack of plays being made offensively. And in turn, that that causes you defensively to do things that, forces you to make mistakes mm. because I'm trying to make the perfect play instead of the right play. And wow. once you start doing that, it just causes a, a disconnection throughout your whole team. But if you go into a game like when we had Jimmy Clausen on our team, they didn't do Jimmy Clausen any justice. I can tell you it was going into the lockout and they made a decision. You know, we were going to do away with veteran players, cut salary and they really put them in a bad situation. So we went from having that to drafting Cam Newton. Once Cam Newton came in, you see this kid come in. You see him being the Heisman Trophy winner. You see him being the first overall pick taken in the draft. And you kind of see the confidence that came with this kid. So you knew, and we felt like as players, we have a guy that can take us to where we needed to go. And it didn't happen right off, but we knew he had confidence. So once we saw him have that confidence, we started to have confidence confidence in him and I think that's what the Steelers are starting to develop in Kenny Pickett when he went out he played games he showed confidence he showed that he was capable of doing it at a high level so for me as a defensive player if I see a quarterback that's coming in capable of moving the ball capable of getting us points I'm gonna want that guy on the field it permeates that that kind of confidence backed up by the talent it really can be infectious yeah Confidence begets confidence without a doubt. We cannot let this game go without addressing the major talking point in this one. Quarterback controversy? Absolutely not. Catch controversy, as in which catch is better, OBJ's or George Pickens? And this long pass. A great catch by rookie George Pickens inside the Browns 20 at the 18-yard line. What a play for the young man from Georgia. One-hander falling away. You want to talk about the degree of difficulty, that's like an 11. Okay, guys, I think we can agree that was special. Question now, how special? Better than OBJ special? Only reason I'm going to say that it wasn't better than OBJ's because OBJ's ended in a touchdown. Ooh. That's the only difference. That matters. That's the only difference. That matters. But I think it's I think it's something to be said for George Pickens when he came out of this draft. He said that his favorite player in the NFL was Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Maybe ironic, but I think it really speaks to the effect that OBJ has not only had on, you know, the guys in our league, but the guys that are still in college, that are still in high school. Even my son, all you see now is kids going out trying to catch the ball with one hand. And the way George Pickens looked that ball in, it looked like it was a natural reaction, a natural movement for him, man. He looked so comfortable making that catch. 
See, but that's why I also go with OBJs because he was the originator, right? He set the tone. He set that standard that now this entire new generation of players um, are doing as well. Now, that thing did look like a matrix move. Like, I was concerned for his lower lumbar, for his arm. I mean, it, it was doing gymnastics backflips. Um, it was really, really cool. But yeah, had it ended in a tug, maybe. See, the standard is high. It is. Listen, that, and it's tough for me not to pick George Pickens. It was good. Georgia Bulldogs, we stick together. <laughs> so I really wanted to go with George, and I love that kid. Got to watch him from, you know, his freshman year on. But he's phenomenal. You know, OBJ catch was is, is historic. It is. And that catch went down all while a D-back had his hand on George Pickens' fanny pack. <laughs> I think his keys were in that fanny pack. I'm not sure what else. Okay, next up for the Steelers, the Jets. Next up for the Browns, the Falcons. Next up for us, the NFL Total Access Game of the Week, Packers and Bucks. Which, if I hear him correctly, Thomas Davis says could be something of a stalemate. Check this out. All right, the Bucks. we can't deny that they're going through it right now. No Chris Godwin, potentially no Julio Jones, Mike Evans serving that one-game suspension. Yikes. So how is Tom Brady going to get things going with this depleted receiving core, TV? You know, Tom Brady has to come out, and they have to figure out a way to utilize Leonard Fournette. Yeah. He's a guy that has shown that he can be dominant, but they're going to have to utilize him. They're going to have to get him the ball When you look at what Leonard Fournette has been able to do since he's been in Tampa Bay, especially in the playoffs, they got to get back to their ground and pound game. When you don't have your marquee receivers out there that you can feel comfortable with, you got to switch your game plan and you got to give your big back the ball. And Leonard Fournette can be that dominant player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny. I love it. He has many names. This weekend, it will be the man who steps up for the Tampa Bay. The man that has has to step up. up. But when you look overall um, at this matchup between these two teams, who do you think has the edge here? Is it the Packers' offense or the Bucks' defense, which also will play a big role? MJ, it's always hard to pick against Aaron Rodgers, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to have to do that this time. When you look at what this Packers' offense has done, they've been very inconsistent. But the consistent thing, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has been just that. They've been dominant up front. Their defensive front is one of the best in the league. They've been able to create turnovers. Levante David and Devin White are probably my two favorite running backs in the whole league. But when you watch them, they figure out ways to get to your running back. And it's not not always just by the front taking over. They bring pressure off the edge. And their guys do a great job of just hustling and getting to the ball. Now, if you watch Levante David, he was a guy that I talked about. Sometimes he seems out of position, but you always got to know that Levante David is watching the ball carrier. He knows where he is. And his mindset has always been, I got to get the ball back to the offense. I got to create extra possession. He creates extra possessions for Tom Brady. And whenever you get the the ball more opportunities, more chances for them to score, and he usually ends up doing it. I hear you loud and clear. You tipped your hand just a little bit, but still, we have a lot more game picks, including this matchup coming up in a little bit. But before we do that, we have to know who's in and who's out. And for that, we welcome in our insider, Tom Pelissero. All right, Tom Pelissero, we talked a little bit about some injuries a bit ago, but there's a long list here. Let's start with the Chargers and Justin Herbert. What's the latest on his rib injury? Well, MJ, Justin Herbert officially listed as questionable for their game on Sunday against the Jaguars because of that fractured rib cartilage that he suffered eight days ago. Now, Herbert did not participate in practice today. 
But Coach Brandon Staley said that was all part of the plan to try to ramp him up to the weekend. Herbert himself said the final decision may not come until Sunday. Saints quarterback Jameis Winston also listed as questionable for their game on Sunday against the Panthers. Winston's been dealing with back and ankle injuries for a couple of weeks now. Limited in practice this week, but he was limited all of last week in practice too. Started, played the entire game against the Bucks. The arrows certainly seem to be pointing that direction. 49ers tight end George Kittle is off the injury report and will make his season debut Sunday night against the Broncos. Coach Kyle Shanahan said that Kittle is fully cleared and that he has no restrictions going into this game. And as for Cardinals running back James Conner, he also is listed officially as questionable because of the ankle injury that he suffered a week ago. Coach Cliff Kingsbury said that one may be a game-time decision. MJ? Oh, Tom, I alluded that it was a long list, but you just ran through all of them. Tom Pelissero, thank you for that. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I am here with MJ Acosta-Ruiz and Thomas Davis Sr. We've got Friday answers to Sunday questions, like how do MJ's Dolphins beat the widely anointed best team in the NFL, Buffalo Bills, on Sunday in Miami? The answer, according to Thomas Davis Sr., can be found in one number, and that number is two. Two, as in half number two, as in the two we saw in half number two of week number two. TD, explain. When you saw Tua come out in the second half of that game, a lot of people thought that that game was all but over, including mm-hmm. myself. Like when you look, when, when you saw that score, you saw the way the, the Ravens' offense was clicking and the lack of of offense that was going on on the other side for the Dolphins. You just kind of felt like, okay, it's time to move on to the next game. But then, you know, one touchdown happened. You know, one fortunate play happened where – Tua ended up hitting his receiver, and the receiver dropped it, then the DB dropped it, and the next play, Tyreek Hill come back off, off the sideline, and he scores a touchdown. And that's one of the things that our coaches always told us as defensive players. When the plays come to you, you have to make them. That was the most pivotal play of that game because it could have completely changed the trajectory of that game. Mm-hmm. If he catch that interception, they don't get that touchdown, and they the Dolphins don't end up coming back winning that game. They ended up scoring a touchdown. Momentum is a huge thing in this it's huge thing in this league for players. Once you develop that momentum and you start to believe, it's amazing what happens after that. And Tua started to believe, man, he got hot. If he can come out and continue that hot streak against the Buffalo Bills, man, look out for the Dolphins. You know, uh, what we saw in that second half, specifically in that fourth quarter, MJ, you described earlier this week as miraculous. Mm-hmm. Is TD asking too much of Tua to continue that kind of play into this game? I don't think he is. I think that's the expectation now moving forward. We've seen what you're capable of. Now you have to do that from the start because there is no coming back 
after the Bills get rolling. Absolutely not. So what I'm hoping, and I'm sure what a lot of other Dolphins fans are hoping, is that that was the moment in which it all clicked together for Tua. That it wasn't, I don't know how you could qualify that as a fluke, but for those who are saying that it wasn't a fluke, that it wasn't luck, that it wasn't just momentum, if you will, but that that was the start of what we know this Miami offense can be, should be, and will be moving forward for the rest of the season. To that point, point number two on the importance of two is this. TD says the Dolphins need a two-part plan on Mm. offense. Has to be balanced with both the pass and the run. TD, I gather from this that Raheem Mostert is a man to watch in this one. Absolutely. you got to utilize Raheem Mostert and his speed, his ability out of the backfield against the Buffalo Bills because if you become one-dimensional, Sean McDermott, I played for this guy, I know – that he loves to take advantage of young quarterbacks. And he has uh, a blitz scheme that is extremely complicated to pick up if you allow him to sit back and game plan you in that way. So the Dolphins have to do a great job of, of making sure that they're playing the game within the game. You got to come out. You got to have balance. You got to have a more of a 50-50 approach when it comes to running and passing the ball. And not only does that allow you to have balance and to keep the defense on the heels, but it also allows you to keep Josh Allen on the sideline if you can do it effectively. MJ, I realize there, there are going to be two parts of what TD just said. One feels good as a, as a Dolphins fan. One feels bad as a Josh Allen manager in fantasy. Uh, you don't want to see Josh Allen on the sidelines, and yet you do. And yet, Which you know what? You want the most. No, the Dolphins to win. I'll take every L every week in fantasy if my team goes goes all the way. But listen, it is. I think the other benefit here to the Dolphins is they've been relying so much on the pass game that they have backs who are fresh, who are not as dinged up as maybe other backs are across the league at this point, at, you know, in week three, um, and who are capable. I mean, remember that Super Bowl run and what Raheem Mostert did for the 49ers with Mike McDaniel in San Francisco? It was phenomenal. He's more than capable. He's more than ready. And he's a guy who has suffered through injury for the last couple of seasons. So I know for him having covered him for so many seasons and getting to know him, he has a chip on his own shoulder saying, I want to show him I'm just as good as I was in 2019-2020. And that season that you referenced, at the end of that season, Next Gen Stats puts out the list of the fastest ball carriers that entire season. Who was number one? Raheem Mostert. This is a team with speed, speed kills, speed thrills. Mm -hmm. And finally, TD also says that Josh Allen needs to be forced into option number two. There's two again. And that's done by taking away Stephon Diggs. TD, whose job is it to do that? And can it be done? Xavier Howard has to step up in this game. We know that um, he's banged up. He's dealing with with some some personal injuries that he has. But at the end of the day, when you're in a game like this and you're trying to assert yourself within this division, you got to step up and you got to play big for your team. Mm -hmm. And what bigger way to do that than to take away the matchup that has been the most dominant quarterback to wide receiver matchup in the NFL over the first two weeks and Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. When you look at what they've been able to do, if you can come out and you can take that away, force him to find other guys, Dawson Knox, if Gabe Davis is going to be available to him, right. force him to go to those guys, getting off his first read early, that's going to create some dissension in Josh Allen's head, and it gives them an opportunity to get home with the pass rush that they have. And no team has been able to do that so far in this season, and Josh Allen has completely looked comfortable over the course of this season. So they have to figure out a way to make him uncomfortable. 
Man, I hope they have the cheat code for this because even though Josh Allen is my quarterback in fantasy, my opponent last week had Stephon Diggs. Mm. I lost by one point, TD. Mm. One, <laughs> as excited as I was to see Josh slinging it, Stephon was on the other end. He is not only um, somebody who can wreck your fantasy week, but who can wreck your defense. This is NFL Total Access, and we have a ringer in our midst. She's a predictive analytics junkie, a money ball player, and she suffers us fools with a smile on her face. Cynthia Freeland, do your thing. So let's get into a little more or less. Right into it, and let's start with Derek Henry. More or less than 80 rushing yards against the right us. 80? Okay, so I'm going more here for a couple of reasons, but I think that 80 number, that's like a hangover from whatever happened with the Bills. So I think that's overly punishing. I have 104 rushing yards and a touchdown projected for Derrick Henry. Yes, I understand. No Taylor Lewan mm-hmm. is not necessarily the best opportunity for him to run. However, we talk about yards after contact, and that's like Derrick Henry's middle name, right? right? So when it comes to this team, that defense is much much more favorable, more generous to opposing rushers than the Bills defense. So it's going to look a lot different. 104. I like that. Over 100. Fantasy folks love that, too. Mm -hmm. All right, Justin Jefferson, more or less than 100 receiving yards against the Lions this weekend. Yeah, well, again, another kind of hangover thing here. 100 is quite a bit, but I do actually have more. 105 and a touchdown projected for him. He actually has the best odds of any receiver to have multiple touchdowns in this matchup against the Lions. Lions secondary has shown vulnerabilities. See, you know, the Eagles. We saw what happened with A.J. Brown. So when I look at Justin Jefferson, Darius Slay, he used to be a Lion, but he's no longer (laughs) a Lion. So he gets a much better matchup in terms of corners this week. Let's hit a QB here. Kyler Murray, more or less than 250 passing yards against the Rams. Passing? Yes. Okay. Fewer? than 250 passing Mm. yards. But the projection here is pretty good for him because he has 244 passing yards, and he has two touchdowns and interception. But the opportunity for him to get a rushing touchdown is nice and high. So if you're a fantasy owner, that rushing touchdown there, that is a very nice thing for Kyler Murray, who is basically trying to do the entire thing and running 80 yards to earn four yards. But... (laughs) It's, he's, it was, he's young. He can do it. It was the never-ending scramble. The never-ending scramble. Phenomenal. All right, Cynthia, it's time to predict the points for the exact numbers for some of these games. Sin. Let's start with Rams-Cardinals. Over under 48.5 points in this one. So I have 26 to 24, which equals 50, which is more than 48 and a half. I think that you've seen some opportunities from this Cardinals defense to keep it close. I think a monstrous day for mm. Kind of the guys you would expect for the Rams, meaning yeah. Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Ooh, dang it. I think my opponent in fantasy has Cooper Cup this week. All right, Jaguars <laughs> Chargers over under 42.5 points. Okay, so you got to keep an eye on this one because mm. the status of Justin Herbert, we heard at the top right. of the show, Tom Pelissero told us. So just, you know, have a lot more fun watching this game than anything else. But I have 24 to 20, still a Chargers win. Austin Eckler is going to be in great position no matter who's starting a quarterback, what's going on there. Just play fantasy with this one and just play Austin Eckler. Now, we heard the blowout that uh, TD said a little earlier in Bill's Dolphins, but do you have over or under 52.5 points in this one? I think the hottest thing that's going to be happening at that game is going to be halftime. So that's what I'm going to be watching for in this one. But I think it's going to be (laughs) fewer than 52.5 points. I have 28 to 21 as a final score in this one, which adds up to 49. Could be higher, but remember, Leslie Frazier, you need that head coaching job. He will have his defense ready, even though he is missing some key pieces. 
All right, Cynthia always coming through with the real numbers. Please drop them down because I don't remember. She does the math for me. Cynthia Freeland, thank you for that. Okay, it is finally time to give you what you came for. Game picks, scores included for every remaining week three game. Take notes and please use this information wisely. All right, let's get to some game picks, gentlemen. Let's start with Ravens Patriots. Rank, you got us going. You know, I'm going to go with the Ravens 24 to 20 in this contest. I, I think that, you know, the, the Patriots just haven't done a great job of, of scoring a lot of points. And the offense is still an issue. And even with the Ravens defense banged up a little bit, I'll take the Ravens in this low-key great rivalry from a couple of years ago. Okay. Listen, the Ravens need a bounce-back game. Mm. The way they let that game slip away from them last week, I think they're going to come out, they're going to establish the run, they're going to do the things they need to do to win this game 24-17. to Yeah, they want to get that bad taste out of their mouth. That's exactly why I have the Ravens as well. 35-25. to the final for me. All right, let's move on to the next one. Raiders, Titans, Adam, right? This is a tough one when you have those West Coast teams, West Coast adjacent teams adjacent, moving to the East Coast. Yeah. I'm going to take the Raiders. I got the Raiders winning this one 26-24. This is the third time in NFL history that two 0-2 teams that made the playoffs <laughs> are meeting in week three, and in both those previous games, the road team won. Mm-hmm. Let me, turn, let me turn my, my note card because yeah. I think Rank might be cheating off. I think he's looking off my paper because I chose the Raiders as well. When you look at the way the Titans have performed this year, I don't think that they're doing the things necessarily and conducive to being a really good team. And the Raiders are desperate for a win. So I'm going 27 to 21. Maybe it was a group project because I have the Raiders bit. as well. And a close one, 28-25 the final for me okay, there. Okay, All right, okay. Rams – Cardinals. I have a feeling this one's going to be real interesting, Rankster. Yeah, I have this one as a high-scoring contest as well. I, I think the Rams are going to win high? this one 33-30. to 30. Uh, The road teams won both of these contests last season. Matthew Stafford has done pretty well in his career against the Arizona Cardinals, so I look for them to win this one. I told y'all Rank was cheating off. A little bit, a little bit. 32 to 17, I'm going with the Rams. When you look at what they're doing, they're starting to hit their stride offensively, and Jalen Ramsey bounced back in a major way. So I was excited to see the defense perform better for the Rams than they did against Buffalo. Let's enjoy this synergy while we can. I think we're just getting into a group now. We've had three Fridays together. I have the Rams as well. 28-20 in that matchup. What about? Falcons, Seahawks, Rank. I'm going to say, go with the upset alert, everybody. Oh, Ring the bell because I'm going to go with the Falcons in this. There it is. Okay. There's okay. some excitement. Rank has What lost, are you guys Rank doing? Rank has officially I'll, lost his mind. I'll get, a, I'll get a card going. Not yet. I think, you know what? I, I think Marcus Mariota has actually played pretty well. Arthur Smith, I know he's not trying to play fantasy football, but it might help if you did. If you, if you go to the guys that would help me in fantasy, you're – they would help you in real life, too. So it's, it's I'm talking, crazy. Specific, talking it's, specifically about Kyle Pitts. It's kind of right. crazy to hear a coach talk about fantasy. Yes. But when you look at the Falcons, they're not doing the things that they need to do to mm-hmm. win football games. Yeah. You're not utilizing your weapons. You're not playing very good on defense. But when you look at the Seattle Seahawks, that's exactly what they've been doing. They've been playing well on defense. Yeah. But I love the way that they've come out and established who they're going to be as a football team. So I think the Seahawks are going to walk away with this from 17 to 10. Okay, At least I, I wasn't cheating on this one. No, you didn't cheat. You didn't <laughs> no, cheat to see, he rectified that. Uh, I have Geno commanding this offense and leading the Seahawks to a win. A close one, though. 28 to 25, oh, the final. Because the Falcons have been in some of these games. 49ers, 
Broncos TD. Start us off. Y'all didn't see it, but I just smoke rank. Oh, smoke I didn't know it was going to be a competition hey. like that. I'm too busy trying to steal a, bombs. It was never a competition, I can tell you guys that. But this game will be a little bit of a competition. But I have the 49ers. Even with Russ getting everything cooking, yeah. the game is going to be 21-18 49ers. You know what? I agree with you. I'm going to go with the 49ers in this one. 28-27. There it is. Uh, you know what? Russell Wilson has never passed for more than seven, uh, 275 yards against the 49ers, which is weird when you think of the amount of times that they've played. He's done well uh, wins-wise wins wise against the 49ers, but the 49ers are just a better team when Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback. I'm looking at Jimmy. I'm also looking at that 49ers defense, which I think is going to play phenomenally against this Denver team. I have the Niners 30 to 25, the final. Let's go to Monday night. Cowboys Giants under the lights in New York, TD. Well, MJ, I stood on this very spot last week, and I told you guys that my Panthers were going to beat the Giants. Mm -hmm. I did not believe in those guys. Mm -hmm. But what did the Giants do? They made me a believer. Yeah. They came wow. out and they took care of business from start to finish. They, they forced a turnover on the very first play of the game. When you start the game with that kind of momentum, you are telling me that, hey, we are a team that's determined to win and win for a long time. And I see them coming out and winning this game and setting themselves up really nice in the division, 21 to 13. Yeah, I like what you're saying there, too. I, I really like the Giants in this contest. I have picked them to win it. 23-20, and that's despite the fact that the Cowboys have done really well against the Giants over the last number of years. As a matter of fact, they're 9-1 in their last 10 against the Giants. Last year, they outscored them by close to 50 points in both games combined. But like you said, the Giants look a lot different with Brian Dable. There's just a different attitude, and sometimes coaching does matter. So I think this is a huge opportunity for the Giants to really kind of establish themselves. And I know the Cowboys have done well with Cooper Rush. He's undefeated. In his NFL career, that but at fact. some point, that, uh, that, that, that's got to end. You know, it's that history between these two teams that has me picking the Cowboys 26-20 to 20 in an upset. Yes, now, with that said, I know the Giants are going to put on a show under the light. Saquon is going to want to show out, but something in my gut says, don't discount Cooper Rush and what we've seen him do so MJ, far. MJ, that's not going to hold up too well at home. That's what you said last week when I picked the Giants and what happened. All right. All right, oh. let's go Texas Bears. All right, all right. <laughs> that's a good pick. Listen. I've been hanging out with this dude a little bit too long. I know that he's a diehard Bears fan. Uh, yeah, come on, come yeah, on, right? right? Let's do mm-hmm. it. So I, when you look at this, this is going to be a game where Lovey Smith is playing against his old yeah. team. But for the Bears, I just like what, what the development of what's going on with Justin Fields right now. Yeah. I think they're putting him in position to have successful plays. So I think the Bears are going to walk away with this from 17 to 12. I like that you don't buy into the narratives that the national media might be out there go. selling. I have the Bears obviously winning 24-22. It is Lovey Smith's return to Soldier Field, but he's he's 0-2 against the Bears in his career as a head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And honestly, what, what the key is to me is Matt Eberflus has coached against this Houston Texans team for four seasons. That means eight games. He knows what he's doing. He's going to have the proper scheme. He's going to have them ready to go. And I think they are setting Justin Fields up for success. Yeah. Dang, you had to bring out Eberflus. All of it. I get you can do it. Don't do Rank. it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to stick to my pick. I'm going to go with the Texans. 17-10. Whatever. This is an outrage. Bill's Dolphins, the time has come. Thomas Davis. I'm scared. MJ, 
Turn your head. Yep. The Buffalo Bills, 31 to 10 in this matchup. 31 to 10? 31 oh, to 10. And I know that the Buffalo Bills are missing four starters on defense. Wow. And I know how well this guy played in the second half of the games last week. But the Buffalo Bills are the best football team. Not just players, the best football team in the National Football League this year. And they've played like that, and they're going to do the same thing down in Miami. You know, if you've noticed on the card tosses, I'm a lefty, like Tua Tungavailoa. Would I ever go against a fellow lefty? Normally I wouldn't. But since MJ disrespected the Bears, I will return the favor, and I'm going to go Bills 36-20 in a blowout in this one. Like you said, even though there are some defensive players out for the Buffalo Bills, They've built some depth. This yeah. isn't a shallow team. So I think the Bills will be able to, to, to fend them off. This feels real personal. It was right a, now. It, like it could it's not, not even be, that you guys It could not bills. be more personal. It's the score. 31 to 10 TD. I will never. I, I think your pick might be personal. You might be right, MJ. This but was... with basis. I, of course, have the Dolphins. 32 to 30 because I'm a realistic human being. I think it's going to be a close game. It upset still. But a two point game is going to come down to the wire. Let's go. Packers Bucks is the next one. See how we can move on here. We can move on. Civilized adults, Thomas. When you look at what Tom Brady's coming in, I, it's tough to pick this game based on their offense. Mm. And that's not why I'm picking this game. <laughs> I'm picking this game based on the Bucks' defense and there what they've been able to do. They've been able to take the ball away. They've been able to create extra possessions over the course of this season. They have the continuity. They have the energy. They go out and they play extremely hard. So I'm going with the Buccaneers 21-18. to 18. Mm. It's hard to pick against Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think that the Buccaneers are going to lose to that receiving core. You know, it's funny. I, I find it very easy to pick against Aaron Rodgers, and I'm going to do that right now with the Buccaneers 30-29, to 29, which is – I know. It, Good. Oh. Here's the, it, it, I understand that it's a defensive, okay. and it's the defenses, and this might end up being a very low-scoring game. But here's my thing. I, every time that you think that you have the NFL figured out, it goes the other way. Every you know, time. the Buccaneers are without so many wide receivers – the Packers just don't have any wide receivers. So, of course, it's going to be a high-scoring game. But give me Tom Brady because, of course, he has had a great, he's done a great job. He's 3-1 and one against Aaron Rodgers, including the NFC Championship game when nobody was ever supposed to win in Lambeau Fair in enough. the playoffs. Fair enough. Maybe it's because this man led me to a fantasy league oh, championship do last uh, week. Uh, I don't like, I don't like where this is going. Tom Brady is I don't like where this is going. Through it, y'all. He's oh. going through it. His receiving core is decimated. But I have the Packers, 28 28- 25. Oh, oh my God. They really lost it tonight. Oh, my God. It's week three and things are off the rails. Lions-Vikings is the next one we're picking, Thomas. Listen, so this Lions team has, has shown me a lot this season. And this team came out, they were on fire against the Green Bay Packers. And I think that kind of showed us what the Green Bay Packers are going to be about this year. Because when you watch the Philadelphia Eagles and what they did to Minnesota, it really showed me that the Detroit Lions has a chance and when you're telling me there's a chance, I'm going with the Lions. The Lions are going to walk away with this from 24 no, to no. 21. Make sure you tune in. It's going to happen. All right. Well, I wish you wouldn't have been tuning into Hard Knocks because this is this is everybody's <laughs> feeling. Everybody's in their feelings about the Lions. They're great television. I get it. Dan Campbell, a lovely person. But realistically, Vikings 24-20 winning this one. I, I Again, I know the Vikings ran up against the best team in the, in the NFC. In prime time, which is Kirk Cousins' kryptonite. Oh, you give us you give us a one o'clock? You give us a one o'clock game? Oh, the Vikings can't be stopped. 
KOC is going to have them ready to play. Frank is just a little bitter yeah. because Detroit Why am I gonna bitter? Be, go, they're going to beat the Bears, too. That's We're, we're not there yet. Oof. Oof. He's Oof. looking ahead. We're not there yet. Now, I was talking with some folks inside the building in Detroit, and they said, MJ, we're grinding. Make sure they don't sleep on us. So I am here to deliver that message. I am picking the lines as well, TD. Okay, 25 like to 20 in the Frank, upset. Long soldier. Got another All one, right, Frank. Fair enough. I'm happy. Saints-Panthers. This is a no-brainer for me, okay. obviously. When you look at this game, there's some questions going into this game about Jameis Winston. Jameis, get it fixed. Get your back fixed. We want you to play. We need you out there. Because the Panthers have not turned the ball over defensively at all this mm. year. Not one single takeaway do my Panthers have. And wow. they've been in every game. Jameis, we need you to throw us the ball so we can have the upset. The Carolina Panthers, 17-14, to 14, right? Ooh, I'm going to have to go the other way. I'm going to go with the Saints. Give me the Saints, 20-16. I'm not mad at all. I made him mad. No, no, no. The Saints, they've done a really nice job of holding off the Panthers over the last number of years. Although the two most recent wins the Panthers have had against the Saints, one of them came with Jameis Winston at quarterback. So maybe you're on to something there, but I still got to stick with the Saints in this one. Okay. I have the Saints as well. I think especially after last week, they need a win. They need one big and this is when they get it, 21-17. to 17. Very close to you, right? Maybe I did tells me, your guys, paper. that right, my lead is going to continue to increase. It's going <laughs> to keep winning wow. right now. Wow, wow. Well, you know what, TD? We don't always disagree, right? Here are wow. unanimous picks from week three. Look, all of us have the Eagles. All of us have the Chiefs. Yeah. The Bengals all got dubs from each of us this week, as well as the Los Angeles Chargers. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. broadcast to challenge your fantasy roster and yes your taste buds adam rank has the hot sauce four players you better stash right now who's ready for the hot sauce really it's Faraday. listen i have got four stashes for you like those soy sauce packets that you have in a drawer little del scorcher that you pull out and be like how old is this thing but it doesn't matter it's still good four <laughs> stashes for your fantasy team we'll start with a mild but flavorful and let's be realistic Kenny Pickett needs to be on your roster because sooner rather than later, this is going to be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know that you have a store-bought brand, store-bought brand that is sitting in your refrigerator, which is fine, but you want the local homegrown guy. And at some point, you cannot sit there and watch Deontay Johnson just watch balls sail over his head. Eventually, we're going to put Kenny Pickett in there. Make sure... He's on your oh, bench. All right, that didn't work. Stop it. Gotta get better. Stop it. Gotta get better. Stop. Right? Let's get spicy. Let's get spicy with Rashad White. Yeah, that's oh, right. I know over the last okay. couple of weeks Ooh. that Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette has carried 82% of the time or he's had 82% of the snaps. And we really haven't seen a lot of him. But as the season starts to wear on and they rely on the run more and more, when your receivers are going down, you have to run the football 
that much more. And eventually, Rashad White is going to get more opportunities. They drafted him to take some of the carries away, some of the burden away from Lombardi Lenny. So when you get to that middle part of the season and you're scrambling for a running back, all you got to do is open the drawer. And you're like, oh, yeah, Rank told me to pick this guy up, and you're going to be very happy about that one. Is that okay. good? Cynthia? You all right? It's getting better. It's getting better. Three alarm. <laughs> three alarm. Zamir White. Oh, let's talk about it right now. Josh okay. Jacobs Go. didn't even make the flight to Tennessee. They left him at home. Out. Some sort of, uh, maybe, the, maybe the salsa was too spicy for him. But listen, Zamir White was on a pathway of getting more touches. Over the last couple of weeks, Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. has gotten the majority of the carries, but he has not been very efficient. And here's the thing. This current Raiders coaching staff is not tied to Josh Jacobs. He did not get his option picked up. So at some point, Josh McDaniels is going to go for the guy that he actually drafted. It could be as soon as this week. So as a matter of fact, you might want to run out right now. After you pause the show, go pick up Zamir White right now. It's not going to be Brandon Bolden. That's better. It's not going to be him. No, no, no. You want the upside. Okay. Okay. There we go. go. Let's go. (laughs) El Diablo. El Diablo. Make it hot. hot. Isaiah Likely is the name. He's a tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. And you're like, I don't want the the backup tight end for the Ravens. He's actually third in targets on the team because that's why when you have the Baltimore Ravens, your second tight end might as well be your second wide receiver because this Greg Roman offense is geared towards getting the football to the tight end. Pick him up right now. You stash him. You don't need him this week, but at some point, he will come in handy. And that is the hot sauce. Okay. That was very okay. 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 That flew all the way over there. Never mind that thing well done, there. Well done. <laughs> and finally, MJ, Thomas Davis, and the Rankster have but one message. Heading into week three, don't do it for your team, your city, your family, or even yourselves. Do it for me. The ask is a simple one. Make me look good. TD, who are you hyping up this week? Listen, my son, Shaq Thompson, hey. Brian Burns, hey, J.C. Horn, I need you guys to make me look good. I said that you were going to go out and you're going to beat the Saints and it's going to start by the defense taking over, so I need you guys to make me look good. Arthur Smith, I picked you to pull the upset, and one of the ways to do that is get Kyle Pitts involved. Tell me how you somehow... Got career years out of Delaney Walker and Johnny Smith, and then somebody hands you a six foot six unicorn, and you just can't do anything about it. Like I don't know, you're walking around like a ten year old with a Ferrari. You're like, this is nice to have, but you can't do anything with it. All right, my make me look good is to Cooper Rush, man. I'm picking Whoa. you guys. You're heading across the country. You're going to New York City, well, New Jersey technically, but still under the lights in the biggest market against a rival. Make me look good in this pick. I have an honorable mention. Um, I'd like my knees to make me look good this weekend because I will be performing at that Bills-Dolphins I'm game sorry, what now? for the Miami Dolphins cheerleader alumni reunion. Back in my day, this was a decade ago, when I auditioned and made the Dolphins cheerleading team. Kind of still look the same. Hair's a little different. But, yeah, so they're going to take all of us uh, has-beens out there and have us perform routines. All right. Take from a, a decade ago. Down memory lane. The okay. way my knees are set up now, though, I can't do Wait, all this. But do we're a warm-up. We got pom-poms. We got Let's go. Let's see. Let's, Let's see. go. Uh, these are a little bit too Okay, too okay. Bit of a but if you're going to the game on Sunday, I'll see you there. 
This has been NFL Total Access, the podcast. I want to thank MJ Acosta-Ruiz, Thomas Davis Sr., Cynthia Freeland, and Adam Rank. Join us Monday for a complete preview of the NFC East clash between the Cooper Rush-led Cowboys and the undefeated New York Giants. And if you expected to hear either one of those phrases this season, you are lying to us and you are lying to yourself. So stop it. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.